Welcome. You're listening to Faith vs. Weight with Maria Bauer. Maria is a former U.S. Navy Health Information Systems Officer, current health and wellness coach, and author of the book, Faith vs. Weight, reminding you that you already have victory in Christ. Now, here's your host, Maria Bauer. Hello and welcome to Season 3 Daily Devo, Power to Persevere, designed to help you boldly go the distance on your health and wellness journey. Today is Week 4, Day 3, inspired by Genesis 45-46, through Psalm 108, and Galatians 2, with our opening Bible verse coming from Genesis 45-1. Then, Joseph couldn't control himself before all those who stood before him, and he cried. I've done that. Then Joseph yelled for everyone to get out of the room except his brothers. I've done that too. As a matter of fact, Joseph cried so loudly that the Bible says, the Egyptians heard and the house of Pharaoh heard. Genesis 45, 2. I've come pretty close to that also. A best friend once bought me a shirt that said, I wear my heart on my sleeve, with, you guessed it, a heart on the sleeve. What about you? Do you have any unmet expectations weighing you down? Crying is a healthy release of emotions. Studies show it's actually healthy to cry. The problem is when our crying becomes more of the norm than the exception. I remember one time sobbing on a flight back from Tokyo. I was healthy, had finished my graduate degree, had a great income, was serving as a Navy officer and a White House military social aide, was able to travel the world, and had a great group of friends. So what exactly did I have to cry about? A complete stranger across the aisle knew, but I had no idea. Although I tried to hide my crying, I wasn't doing a very good job. After getting enough composure to finally have a chat, he asked, and I told him why I thought I was crying. He then told me that the real reason I was crying had nothing to do with my situation, but had instead to do with my unmet expectations. My unmet what? Maybe he didn't really hear what I said. So I tried to clarify, but once again, he said, your problem is not your problem. It's your unmet expectations, or in other words, it's the way you are perceiving your problem. Were my expectations unrealistic? No. Were they keeping me from fully enjoying my current blessings? Yes, they were. So what was I crying about? I had just visited my brother and his college sweetheart, who was now his wife. They were the homecoming king and queen in college. They were the kindest, happiest people I knew. I was the maid of honor at their wedding. We had a wonderful visit. I stayed in their guest room, which was full of pictures of one joyful year after the next of their life together. Was I happy for them? I would hope so. This is what I had prayed for. I had always prayed that my brother would find a good wife. He had a good heart, and I hoped that someone would recognize it, and she did. Yet here I was, after a wonderful visit, crying. I looked at their lives, and instead of celebrating, I was comparing, and it made me miserable. I felt like I just couldn't get it together. I had just ended a five-year relationship after I found out that the person I thought I was going to marry was planning on marrying someone else. He had been dating his future wife at the same time that we were talking about our future. So here I was in my 30s, already feeling as if I had been left behind. I had expected to be married by now. I had expected to have already started a family, like all of my other friends by now. I had expected to be a stay-at-home mom by now. 
but that was nowhere on the horizon. Was the man across the aisle from me on my flight from Tokyo right about me crying over my unmet expectations? He was. Maybe during the holiday season when everyone is gathered, you compare yourself to other family members who have been more financially successful or are in better shape or seem to show up with their kids in matching outfits or seem to be able to bake things while not setting off fire alarms at the same time. There was nothing wrong with hoping for a family in my future, but it really stung when I realized that I was not embracing my current blessings. I was instead putting all of my energy into pining away for some unknown future that may or may not have ever happened. I was hyper-focused on the one thing I did not have instead of being grateful and fully living in the present with all that I did have. I still have a tendency to fall into this trap. How about you? But that's not why Joseph was bawling his eyes out. Instead, Joseph cried because he was being reunited with his family. He could have easily compared the lost years of not having a family while being thrown in a pit and prison to his brother's comfortable lives with dad. Instead of hyper-focusing on the one thing he did not have or rightfully blaming his brothers for putting him in that situation in the first place, Joseph was thankful for what he did have, and he wanted to share his happiness with his brothers, saving their lives, not to mention a whole nations in the process. Why? Because Joseph knew when it came to his brothers, it wasn't you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh, Lord of all his house, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Genesis 45, 8. But even after Joseph gave them this huge second chance, sparing their lives in the process, he knew that this was yet another chance for his brothers to negatively compare themselves to each other. And Joseph warned, See that you do not quarrel on the way. Genesis 45, 24. Why would they quarrel after being released from a possible death sentence? Human nature. Although Joseph was a human, just like you and me, the Bible repeatedly says God was with him. Make no mistake, as humans, we compare and we seek revenge because of our unmet expectations. But when God enters the picture, past hurts can become divine appointments. In Galatians 2, we have a comparison between the Gentiles and the Jews. Some Messianic Jews thought that they were better than the Gentiles because they were still following Jewish laws. But Paul points out that if the law was the way to salvation, then why did Jesus have to die in the first place? They all could have just kept following the law. Do we really need something else to meet this expectation of salvation? Do we need Jesus plus something else to be saved? Or do we just need Jesus? The good news is that we just need Jesus. With Jesus, our expectations can never exceed what he has already sacrificed for us. Besides, he is the one who sent you here. He knows exactly where you are and he wants you to talk to him about it. Why? Because he knows your greatest need is for him, not the thing you think you can't live without. It's not about your unmet expectations. Still, when it comes to your health, recognizing your unmet expectations is a healthy thing as long as you put them at the foot of the cross. Go ahead, make a list after your next family reunion. Write down all of the ways you feel you got chipped, along with your valid needs as well. Following Jesus doesn't mean you don't have needs or have given up on them. 
It means that you are now trusting Jesus with them. Sadly, many people that have not put their unmet expectations at the foot of the cross will wind up either drinking, smoking, or eating their way through their lives instead of trusting God with whatever is triggering their self-medication in the first place. Don't use holiday excess to fill a hole that only Jesus can fill. Once you have left whatever it is at the foot of the cross, no matter what your situation, whether it's a divorce, wayward kids, a flailing career, etc., I promise you that right now, at this very moment, you have something that someone somewhere else is pining away for. So why not make yourself and someone else a little happier by sharing your gifts in the process, just like Joseph did? Giving is a whole lot better than comparing, and we can start by giving thanks as David did in Psalm 108, 3-5. I will give thanks to you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing praises to you among the peoples. For your loving kindness is great above the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Today's reflection, unmet expectations weighing you down. Today's action, pray. List all of the things that you are disappointed about in your life. Go ahead. Don't leave anything out. Now, Put them at the foot of the cross in Jesus' name. Number two, move. When you start feeling like you want to self-medicate, pick one thing you can do to make somebody else's life better. It can be as simple as picking out a card for a friend who needs encouragement. You will be encouraged in the process. Number three, act. Make a list of all the things you are thankful for, praising God for not only giving you salvation, but all of your other blessings as well. Today's Daily Devo, Power to Persevere, was inspired by Genesis 45-46, through 46, Psalm 108, and Galatians 2. Have you been searching for a Christian-based weight management program that actually works for you? Check out Season 1, Episodes 1-10, through 10, and Season 2, Episodes 13-63 through 63 of this podcast. For the print and Kindle versions, check out the book Faith vs. Weight, Magnifying the Glory of God, an action guide, Faith versus Weight, Daily Strength to Shine. You have been listening to Season 3, Daily Devo, Power to Persevere, designed to help you boldly go the distance on your health and wellness journey. Inspiration for today's podcast came from the 5-Day Bible Plan, BibleClassMaterial.com, covering the entire Bible in one year. Thank you for listening to Faith vs. Weight, reminding you that you already have victory in Christ. Consult your physician before starting any weight loss or exercise program.